Episode 325, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 10, Stolen. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. This is the uh, fourth from last, no, third from last episode of Welcome to Level 7 that will cover Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as it happens. We might do some more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but not as it happens. And this episode is a little bit more timely than everything else because of uh, the timeline that we're on right now. We are running against a clock, which my friend Stuart, who is here with me right now. I feel like there's a clock in the background, like on Jeopardy. Do, 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 do. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about how you. Or, or, or... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, or is it timey wimey? Yeah, yeah. See, I was just thinking about how much you appreciated having uh, a clock. Uh, the ticking time clock that was counting down with our uh, time loop episode that, that agents of shield had. And uh, that's what we're in right now. And this is a little bit timey. Why me? This is one of those episodes where life happened and we are recording uh, by design. We are recording before the next episode of agents of shield. We are literally recording an hour and a half before the next episode of agents of shield. So, um, well, we yeah, will get done recording got, and we, I will go turn uh, on the TV. <laughs> yeah. Right. Be, be like, where's Ben? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let's do it. Hey, you know, life happens and, um, mm-hmm. I, no guarantee this is going to get released before then because, uh, there's still some <laughs> post-production that needs to go into it, but at least it's going to be recorded before the next episode. And uh, that way we can mm-hmm. still record That's in all. ignorance of what is happening after this episode. So that mm-hmm. is that is good. You won't be able to listen to it before the next episode. That's no, for sure. No, you will not. You will not. And so you will be able to listen to it uh, more than likely. You are listening to this episode knowing what happens next. So – Mm. That's which puts you in a better place than we are, listeners. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've heard someone define tragedy as something where you know something that the characters don't, and so that's what's happening here. Is you are possibly more than likely listening to this episode, knowing something that we don't. So, I also this is kind of cool. I also heard uh, uh, good against bad is drama and conflict but good against good is tragedy i thought that was a fantastic definition of of the difference between drama and tragedy two good men going against each other yeah and both are honorable and both Mm -hmm. but they're working at cross purposes to die yeah Yeah. yes it's also a good day for pie (laughs) Uh, I also saw one recently where it's a wharf getting ready to, to color his hair and saying it was a good day to dye his hair. Oh, I've never seen that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't, would wharf color his hair though? Uh, in, in a meme that somebody created well, yeah. for Facebook, he would. 
in in the show. In the show, he might dye his hair if it was going prematurely gray. I mean, it depends. I'm not sure. In the Klingon Empire, is uh, premature grayness honorable or not? I don't know. We just have an hour and a half to <laughs> talk about. Agents Let's of Shield, just not so. talk about that and go into this episode. So basically what's going to happen is we're going to talk, talk about, about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to talk about some news, too. And, and some news. Sorry. And then also we have some feedback. And so the yes. f- feedback that we have um, is because we recorded the last episode a lot sooner than we normally do. And so there's actually two sets, small sets, but two sets of feedback that we need to talk about. And then post-credit, we might be talking about just whatever using whatever time we have left, um, might be talking about little, little red dwarf. Oh yeah. That's the thing that, that happened recently. Yeah. That I was very excited about, but it also has some agents of shield, uh, connections. And so, no. well, thematic I connections, you know, you, we, we talked about it. We'll talk, we'll yeah. talk more. We'll talk so let's more. get there first. Do you want to do feedback first? That way we have maybe a springboard. Well, let's do news first. You said there was okay. some news, maybe? The only news that I really had that, that you know, because 2020 is being 2020. Yeah. Um, but Mulan. Yes. Which is tangentially uh, related to the MCU. Um, is getting released on Disney Plus to a subscriber, like a, a one-time deal of 30 bucks. Uh, and then it's unlocked and I'm getting conflicted rumors on whether or not it's unlocked forever or unlocked just like you would pay As a rental. $30 to go sit in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Which is what, um, that's what happened so, with a lot of things at the beginning of all of this, where okay. they made it available as a 20 or $30 rental. And that's like why trolls world tour right. made a gross amount of money. <laughs> for what Trolls World Tour is and was. Um, so I can't believe Mulan is not going to make that much money. That's a double negative, but whatever. Um, I believe that Mulan is going to make a similar amount of money. Now, here's why it's MCU related. Not just because it's got Ming Wen, but because it's going to be released to Disney Plus. What other properties own are owned by Disney? I don't know. Let's talk about some Black Widow. Right. So do you Mulan think this is gonna happen for Black I, I don't know. I, I, I think that they're looking at how do we make back our investment is the big thing with Mulan. Oh yeah. Uh that's probably the biggest thing with Mulan. With with uh with Black Widow, the big difference is just this broader canvas of the MCU. And mm-hmm. if they keep pushing back Black Widow, then they're also pushing back everything else except for Spider Man, because that's Sony and, and Sony is kind of doing their own thing with release dates. They're working with Disney on it, but, you know, they got their own thing that they need to do. And the other one that comes out of this that's not MCU uh, is is, uh, New Mutants. So. Oh, yeah. That's a movie that still hasn't been released yet. I believe it it was supposed to be this month. Yeah. Middle of of this month. And and I really doubt that's going to happen. Uh, Mulan is getting released in theaters in other countries. But, um. Yeah, it, only countries that have been out of the lockdown. So right. if they're still having COVID cases go up, yeah, it just who knows what's going to happen with anything these days. And so the yeah, the question is, I mean, they were really gung ho about Mulan just going out, and they set a date, and then they pulled the date and didn't set a new date. 
Zach. They've got 60.5 million subscribers in nine months. So if even half of that, which is what, 30.25, spend $30, well, it that's won't, a lot of money. It won't be half, though. Half half of that won't won't do it. But um, Really? You don't think half? Oh, I, I do not. I I think that there will be people who are just going to wait it out and and wait for it to mm. just get released for free. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, and that's what I did with uh, – yeah. what's the other one? Ah, I can't remember. That I would have gone ahead and, and paid for it but then found out, oh, it's going to be free soon enough with my subscription that I'm already paying. Like that's the other thing you have to remember is this is on Disney Plus for subscribers, but they have to pay extra in order to get it still. And yeah, which I w- think about it this way though. Okay. Tickets in my hometown are $7 for the, yes, they're very cheap. I get it. Yeah, Fine. Yep. They're $7 for the expensive seats, you know, prime time Friday night, seven bucks. Um, if I took my family of four, that's $28. Yeah. And that's where I would, I would pay 40 bucks. Let's say mm-hmm. 40, just throw that out there to uh, stream Black Widow. And that would be a rental. I'd be willing to do that. Why? Because I have five people in my family right? that are going to be watching it with me. And so it, it really just becomes $8 ticket in my living room. And it's Black Widow. It's MCU. And so the value is compounded as far as this is something I'm into. 40 is about pressing my limit, though. You know, like after that, you're getting into some pretty heavy money there. Um, you know, if it's if it's going to cost me more than that to take my entire family, I'm buying a ticket by myself to go to the movies. Um, I'm not so certain what I'd be doing with with the streaming thing, but I'm there. When you go to the movies, are you buying popcorn and all that, too? Well, we have that bucket that you get with free refills. Oh, that's not free. It's okay. it's five dollars when you get there. And then you get free re- refills the whole time. And so I just go in, get the $5 refill, give the popcorn to my kids, go back, get another refill, and then get a refill on my way out too. And so we're oh, we're getting go. our money's worth for that popcorn bucket. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a way to do it. I, I think $30 <laughs> cool. for Mulan is definitely reasonable. It is um, if you want I to think, see it and if you have a family that wants to see it. Absolutely. I'm just not super excited about right. it, you know? So we'll probably watch it as a family when it's on regular Disney Plus. But, right. you know, but Black Widow is different, you know? And a, a Star Wars movie would be different uh, if they had to do that with yeah. that. Um, and but, I'm glad it's not going to be like uh, also um, – you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm not glad they're not going to do that. You know, that's going to be rolled into the Disney Plus seven bucks a month that we pay for. Right, right. So, but that's you know, everything that's being said is Mulan's a one off deal until they do it again. Right, but right. it's not going to be, you know, nickel and diming you for every little thing, which is why I hate Hulu, right? Because even, or CBS All Access, even too, you pay the six bucks a month, but you still get commercials. Come on, guys. I was just thinking about that. I was watching something on Hulu and I realized, oh yeah, I forgot. There's commercials coming up right now. And yeah. Uh but then you have uh well, we're, this is not the streaming service podcast. This is the MCU podcast. So let's talk about MCU. Um okay. the Falcon and Winter Soldier, Black Widow. I mean, that's what I'm talking about is this broader 
canvas that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so they there's some timeliness involved with this Black Widow thing. And so I would not be surprised if we did see it released in that way or if we saw some sort of dual release where it's and and theaters don't like this, you know, and, and theaters bristle against it and you know, so maybe there's a contract thing that would not allow this, but stream and theater at the same time or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're getting around it with the Mulan because some, I mean, because it's also being released to theaters, like I said, only in places that are out of lockdown. So some places are out of lockdown. Some places aren't. The United States is not one of them. Yeah. They're skipping the theaters altogether though. And so that's where, you know, theater, um, the, the different theater companies. I know that there's been some issues with like what, what was happening with some of these other movies where they're releasing it for home almost immediately. And, and they said, we're not going to, we're not going to release any movies made by those people anymore. And I don't know who, where it all ended up, but actually I do. It ended up everyone close. It's definitely going to be, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting going forward to see what the movie, the theater industry looks like post COVID. Yeah. Cause it was already, because I mean, it was already hurting, right? If, you know, if I can buy a TV as big as the size of my wall and have a crystal clear 4K, you know, now it's what, 8K? Yeah, yeah. It's like virtually implanted into your brain now. Well, but also you, know? you can buy projectors that are reasonably priced yeah. for consumers, not just for, you know, rich people and companies, you know. And so you right. can – you. this is the other thing you're hearing about during COVID was um, backyard drive-ins. And people just setting mm-hmm. up sheets or setting up a screen because screens are also mm-hmm. really reasonably priced. You know, you can get a fold up screen yeah. and and they're doing it in their driveway. And yeah, it's I mean, one of the things we the were landscape. talking about for our, you know, we this is the last thing I'll say and then, then we'll go talk about the show. Um, <laughs> we were talking about doing something like that for our 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 christmas play this year you know like we can't have people sitting in the audience and i don't want to put people in masks on stage so like what are we gonna do well we could drive up to their driveway and have them sit outside and do something on stage and then we realize that we live in the up and it's going to be you know 10 below for christmas not to do that Yeah, there's creative solutions but, that are happening all around, though, where you're yeah. just trying to figure out what do we do here. And, uh, and again, Disney's, Disney is using one of their creative solutions, using a tool. Yeah. And, and again, that's one of the things where there's a huge benefit for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where the they did not have any kind of production shutdown because they were doing they were this was done being produced already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that means that Clark Gregg knew for a year now that Bill Paxton's son was going to be in an episode playing John Garrett. Is that really Bill Paxton's son? That is really Bill Paxton's son. Oh, I love it when you you tell me news that I didn't know. I'm and actually like surprised I'm that you didn't know. With the audience. Yeah, cuz it this was That's fantastic. Yeah, this was going around, people were talking about it, um but yeah, very, very quickly after the episode. Um, I didn't know it watching it. So I found out, yeah. I think it was the day after. Uh, the day mm-hmm. after I found out who it was and 
because I was trying to figure out, do I like how this guy's doing it? I'm really enjoying the vibe he's giving off. Uh, and then the next day, I was like, oh, that's his son. I told my kids, and they're like, oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, I guess we're talking about the episode now. It we really are. jumped we're in. in, man. <laughs> we're in. And what I liked about it was that it wasn't – it felt a little hokey. I'm not going to lie. But let's be honest. The character of John Garrett was a little hokey. Bill Paxton is a little hokey, you know, just a little, not, not over the top, not offensive, but you know, I think about him in, in, uh, true lies, the other Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh man, I forgot he, he was in that. <laughs> he was really hokey in that. <laughs> Look, I mean, so, the stuff we know Bill Paxton for generally speaking is not for, um, nuanced, uh, yeah. emotional performances. Now emotional performances. Yes but not nuanced emotional performances. Yeah. And I mean, he's the game over guy. Although in I Aliens, hear the, you know? Yeah. The one that he had, uh, the, the one show he did for, I think it was HBO. Um, it was a series and he was the Mormon who, the polygamous oh, Mormon. Yeah. 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 I only saw I one or two episodes of that. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was very good. That was very good, but big love. But what I was saying was that he was not well known for those things. Yes. He he's well known yes. for being, you know, the the punk guy in Terminator and for for being um uh game over guy in Aliens and Game Over Man. Yeah, yeah, for getting killed by an alien and a Terminator, you know, and and a Predator too. I think he was in Predator too. <laughs> I think he was killed by a Predator too I mean, in he's... Predator 2. Yeah. And he's known for getting that, um, having to listen to Rose's story for four and a half billion years. He is. In, yes. in Titanic. <laughs> he yeah. knows James Cameron, really, is what happened. He's like, hey, James Cameron, I need work. And James Cameron's like, hey, buddy, I got some jobs. Hey, I got a, I got a part for you where you're just going to sit and listen to an old lady talk about <laughs> the person that she fell in love with when she was a teenager. And then you're not going to be any closer to that diamond than you are now. <laughs> you're going to watch it just go away. Yeah, but he – okay, so let's talk about John Garrett though. All right, so this yeah. episode we have, um, again, some blasts from the past. You have Malik digging up John Garrett and recruiting him. And then you have Jiang who has to deal with just the whole thing of losing afterlife. And – um, mm -hmm. they need to go back and they need to, to get, get this thing back, you know? And then she's learning about, uh, who Daisy really is. Meanwhile, Daisy's learning about who, uh, Jiang also had another daughter. And, <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember the, I think it was little Caesars commercial, but I can't remember, but there's this one where, you know, it's just, yeah, it's pizza, pizza. Because it's the double pizza pizza. And then you, he sees his twin brother. He's like, I have a brother. I just can't help thinking of the whole, I have a sister thing. And there are three or four listeners right now who are like, I remember that. And that's kind of funny. And they're chuckling right now to themselves because it's kind of funny. And the rest of the people are like, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's another rabbit trail. But yeah, surprise, yeah. surprise <laughs> sister. Surprise sister for Daisy. Um. I mean, mainly to set up, I think, uh, conflict or tragedy um, when they go up against each other. And because that's that's inevitable. Daisy yeah. and Cora, 
Yeah. And last time I got it way off, I was, I think I called her Rose last time. Um, <laughs> no, that's the lady who dropped the diamond yeah, yeah. into the bottom. <laughs> um, but there's, this is setting up conflict for Daisy, you know, and something for her yeah. to do that's, that's more than just, hey, we've got a mission. And um, so they dig up John Garrett. And John Garrett's gonna take care of things with my gun. And See, I didn't. That's know. what I heard every single time he was on screen. I was like, "Oh, Ben and I." Daniel talking about my gun. <laughs> I, I never thought I was that, gonna get to use that phrase again, uh, because of a new episode. Because <laughs> use it all the time. Oh man! I mean, well, it was all the John Garrett episodes with with Agents of Shield, right? Um, and yeah, I'm going to take care of this and with my gun. And so here's, here's John Garrett, young John Garrett. I'm going to take care of things with my gun and my superpower. Yeah. So, my superpower. <laughs> it just doesn't flow as well. No, it doesn't. Yeah. My power, maybe, maybe, but gun is one syllable. Yeah. And it's syllabic. It you... just goes so well, you know, but, uh, yeah, he, now I forget. Did he actually say my gun? I I also forget. <laughs> I just remember I said it a lot. <laughs> so um, I don't think he been... did. I I think he just did things, you know, and and like would shoot, you know, and and that's that's how it came out of that was, you know, I'm going to take care of this with my gun, and yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that's how I started saying it over and over again in the podcast. Um, but yes. yeah, <laughs> so he's over the top. He's here's the thing, though. I see a guy playing a guy. He's having fun playing a guy having fun. You know, like mm-hmm. this uh, John Garrett is enjoying the whole like um, the whole I got superpowers and I didn't lose my eyes. I loved his panic when they're going to give him Gordon's superpowers. And he's worried that what comes along with that, will I lose my eyesight? And he doesn't. I think that that was actually a little bit of a, a missed opportunity. If they were going to keep him around longer, uh, I think that that would have been an opportunity for some character development. <laughs> you know, like he's he's got the superpower, yeah. but he's also got the super uh, disability. And yeah, missed opportunity, but... They don't have a lot of time to play with that kind of thing. No, no, they don't. If this was story arc one in a two story arc, 24 episode order or 22 episode order, maybe, maybe, Mm -hmm. but they didn't have time for that. No, I mean, they've, they've crammed a lot of stuff into this series as it is into the season as it is. And so how are they going to keep cramming stuff in here? I don't think they can really. And they're going to be cramming more. I mean, this is, I, I was saying, this is the uh, third to last live response to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that we have. And that's because next episode, in <laughs> an hour and 12 minutes, according to my clock, um, that it will be one episode today, this week. Uh, next week, the finale, they're putting two episodes together. And so we have just two more nights of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And 
I've never been emotionally connected to a TV show in the way that I'm connected to this one. And so I'm really curious, like, what is this going to feel like? I know I did get a little bit of the feels from uh, Deep Space Nine's finale. And did you watch that live? I did. I did. Okay. Um, I didn't watch all of Deep Space Nine live, but I did catch that episode live. Um, I caught Voyager's finale. I think I caught that one live. I know I caught um, All Good Things, uh, Next Generation finale live. Um, that was a big deal to catch that one. And uh, Enterprise, I did not. Yeah. I wasn't following that. I one. don't know that I, I can't remember being as invested sort of over such a long term as I am with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No, I, I haven't. I've never done a podcast about a TV show. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm trying you know to think I mean? like other shows, though, where like the finale was something that I, I had to make sure I saw the finale. And uh, Cheers was one for sure. Um, friends. We were we were yeah, big into yeah. Friends when it aired, so and we Seinfeld. watched the end of Friends. Uh, Seinfeld, <laughs> Friends. I caught the end of of Friends yeah. just because I was like, okay, what what are they going to do? You know, um, right. Seinfeld was a big deal for us in 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 our house. Pam and I had just been married for about a year. Um, we actually had a friend who won. Uh, my wife's former roommate in college won the Elaine Look Like contest that they did at our local news news station. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was a big deal, but it wasn't a, an emotional moment by, by any means. Cause I mean, that's, that show is just not about emotional connection, even though they tried with, uh, yeah, green thing. days, time of your life montage that they did. And, yeah. And that finale was, mm, did you like that finale? I gotta say I did. I did. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I thought because, it set up for something that they never delivered on. Well, that's the point. And and then the whole thing is about like all these things coming back to haunt them that they did where they just didn't care about other people in the world, you know? And then um and then they didn't learn anything from it. Because of Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that 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 wraps up Seinfeld in a nutshell. But again, I'm I, Seinfeld was a thing that hit, but I'm not sure I really was into it. I'm not uh, going to lie. Yeah, I, I really was, with, especially with my wife. Like, that was Good. A, appointment television for us together. Um, and still is, kind of. That's that's one of the things where, I've said this before, I can watch lots of things that my wife likes, and I really enjoy them. The opposite is not true for, uh, for her. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, uh, oh, how long ago was it? Two days ago? Two days ago, my wife sat down next to me on the couch and said, you know, it's been 20 years, actually 23, and she's been 23 years in the making, but I think I'd like to maybe try and watch Star Trek with you. <gasps> and so my mind is just like, okay, uh, where, okay, where do we start? Code of honor. Put on code of honor. Well, uh, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> uh I'm thinking more like, okay, which series do I start with? And that's, you know, one of those episodes we just are going to skip. Back to this thing, though. Um, this this whole episode is, uh, you know, it's callbacks and it's, it's fixes. Um, and we'll talk about one of those fixes, but let's finish talking about John Garrett first. Um, this guy, 
he was a big part of problems for for our team and mm-hmm. he had a great ending as far as his original character arc and uh being destroyed by the machine you know that um the, the and he had a great flip too i mean part of what, what yes again greatest thing in television history yeah i said it is uh you know right before uh, winter soldier winter soldier right after winter soldier and John Garrett was all wrapped up into that. Yeah, I remember it was uh, Don't Fear the Reaper that they were playing. And you still thought maybe he was a good guy, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, but that song was just like this perfect description of that character. Uh-huh. Where it's just this dark tone. Um, and and he just doesn't care, you know? Like he, the morality is, that's nothing. And He's just, I'm going to kill you with my gun, you know, and, and just, he's going to do his thing and he's not doing it because he is a true believer with Hydra. Um, but I mean, he, he's a man of, uh, of convenience and, and Hydra was a convenient way to, to get ahead. He's chaotic and Mm -hmm. I think he's evil. So if I was to align him in a D&D sort of grand scheme of things, I think I'd put it chaotic evil. Which kind of lines him up a little bit with Malik too. We get a little bit of Malik's mm-hmm. uh, motivation here. I think there's more to it than just he wants to create chaos, but I, I don't think he quite will admit it to himself. Let's put it that way. Because this is a guy who he now knows what his original fate was going to be. Um but he kind of came out of nowhere and he just kind of fell into this really hardcore villainy. And he would have died on that planet where Simmons spent so much time. But instead, mm-hmm. because the timeline has been changed, we need to talk about that too. As far yeah. as timeline changing and, and are we going to, can we create a paradox when the timeline has changed so much? No, I don't think so. We'll get into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but he's careful we only have about an hour and five minutes left it's true it's true um <laughs> but he he knows now what was going to happen to him um again not not someone who was like a like a hardcore um true believer uh he was just kind of moving along with life and saw something that changed his life and then realized it came back and now he's taking advantage of that and I really am curious, like, what's his end game? Um, because he has had a lot of time to not just deal with his power, but also to deal with, you know, he has the timeline at his fingertips. And and what's he getting? You know, John Garrett? Like, that's it? Like, <laughs> you don't have a bigger team? And so what is it that he plans to do here that he doesn't need that much of a bigger team to do it? But... Um, but he's got, I guess we'll find out in about an hour. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And he's got Cora, you know, that's, yeah, that's important. That's, that's big. Um, but yeah, he's just there to kind of spread chaos. And again, not a true believer in Hydra and definitely not a believer in shield. He's just, Hey, let's, let's change the world. And, and I don't care he's what it looks kind like. Of one of those guys that, watch the world burn yeah you know trash can man 
I if you get that reference. I do get that reference. I do. Uh, I thought he was going to um, die in this episode. Uh, well, let's talk about some people who did. Okay, so the person he did kill. First of all, I love the moment of he is fighting uh, Daisy. Jiang is there. She grabs him, starts to drain his life force, um, and then he kills her. And yeah. I, Okay, I didn't laugh when he killed her, but I did get a big laugh when Daisy goes into like, um, I don't know, power up mode or whatever, and she's like, when she's, uh, wind is blowing her hair and everything, and then, um, Malik is a little bit scared by this, and his attention, of course, is on her, and then he gets shot from behind. <laughs> that's when I thought he was going to die. Is he got shot, and then Daisy was going to take care of him, but uh. No. John Garrett came and rescued him with my power. Yeah, see, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. We can say, you how about this? You can say gun and I'll know you mean power. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh so but I love when he got shot. Like he's just looking at Daisy, freaked out because she's not happy, you know. And yes, he has more time with the power. Um, which I think it was zero eight four who mentioned that in a previous feedback, if not in a feedback, I'm going to read for today, but he's had more time with the power, but she has emotional investment in this moment. And, and then he gets shot from behind. And I just thought it was hilarious. I laughed out loud. Good. Funny moment, man. So, yeah. So, okay. So they, they killed, they killed her mom. How's that going to work out there? Because I've seen Back to the Future. <laughs> okay, so that was the whole point of like not letting Jiang leave, right? But, right. But how are they talking about it like this? So much has been changed, and that's the one thing that's going to, you know, um, first of all, Deke is still around. And I'm pretty sure that whatever it is that happened to create Deke has not going to happen now, you know, and, and maybe I'm wrong and I would really rather not see fits with uh baby Deke in the next episode or whatever. Um, just because so much of the timeline, so much of Deke's timeline has been changed now that for Fitz and Simmons to have a daughter and it be the same daughter who then met someone and had a son and it's Deke. Like there's just too much has changed to allow that to happen happens a lot in tv shows and movies and time travel things i know but honestly back to the future when marty got back to the future he should not have gotten back to a future where he was alive because so much hmm. had changed their lives well, had changed and he his brother and his sister apparently not enough of the time stream had changed to allow out of billions and billions of cells sperm and egg cells to meet in the right combination to create those it just doesn't work for me i'm sorry i'm sorry so i i got two things about that yeah one i read an article on scientific american i think mm -hmm. where they were talking about how they were able to uh change the quantum signatures of some things and they found out that the butterfly principle which is what you're referring to mm -hmm. uh is not necessarily 100% factual on the quantum level. 
So now they're rethinking everything, right? Number two, Hulk says either it's all true or none of it is. <laughs> so none of I, okay. I don't know. Okay. Bottom line is if you like it enough, you go with it. Yeah. And with Back to the Future, that is a true statement. I go with it. All right. Now, does it, do does it work logically? No. But do I go with it? Yes. Okay. Because uh, it's a great story. But here now, we don't need to worry about this anymore. They've changed so much and no one has disappeared. They've changed so right. much and everyone is still there. And so, yes. <gasps> yes. They should it should bump right up into the snap and they're like, Oh man, we changed the timeline too much. And it has nothing to do with the timeline, but it's Thanos snapping. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny. They're like, it's true. Back to the future is true. Everyone's disappeared. Realize, no, uh, but only half of us. So what I'm saying is I'm enjoying the ride that we're on, but they, Oh yeah. It's a false, uh, a false tension to me that they're worrying about Daisy won't exist if Shining dies. But it's just false. I wonder if that's partially fan service. I mean, it's, it's that, it's that dramatic thing we were talking about. Right. I, I think it's, I think there's drama there, but it's false drama for sure. But it's also fan service because they know that we're going to be sitting here talking about it a year and a half after they've written it. It's true. It's if true. not long. And again, we don't know where they're going with it. That's the other thing. Nope. I'm standing here yes. or sitting here, I guess, complaining, not really, but ranting, I guess that would be more, more of the, um, accurate. Well, let's just put it this way. We're on the internet. Of course we're complaining slash ranting slash discussing. Yeah. But so what I'm saying, you know, is everything that I've said could just be nullified completely by a single 30 second scene in the final episode. You know, and yeah. and then suddenly, like it's just, yeah, I was right, I was right, I was. Oh, never mind. And then, the, then the show's over. And okay, right. Uh, so, and I can live with that. That's fine. I, that's fine. But yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. So did okay. So here's the other paradox that I had. Yeah. Did they kill Gordon? Yes. And I yes. He's so dead. they killed Gordon. Then who gets them? This is the same answer because it's either all of it's true or none of it's true. Then who gets them? And the beginning of the whole afterlife in human arc. This is where the suggestion to me is we're in a different timeline now. Yeah. This this whole timeline with the Chronicoms is a whole different stream. And they're able to look at the other stream. You know, John Garrett is able to look in the time stream and see his life, see the end of his life. But he's also able to see other people's lives. He's able to see Loki kill Coulson and watch it right. multiple times, which is hilarious. That is really, really funny that he would do because that. I can watch it multiple times, too. That is also true. That is also true. Um, so he's basically sticking his hands in the thing and watching seven seasons. Well, six and a half seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And... Yeah, it's it's funny. It was it was a great moment, a great Garrett moment, you know. Uh, right. But at the same time, it makes me say, okay, are we are we just in a whole different timeline? How are they going to wrap this up? And that's where I'm just really curious. Like, will it be satisfying if we find out they're in a different timeline and they just stay there? Like, there's something kind of interesting to me of this now. I would have hated it two years ago 
or three years ago when I was like, keep time travel out of this. I just want one single timeline that we follow and things happen. Keep time travel out of it because it's too late for that now. You can't put that genie back in because the show's out. Okay, so now that we're... Yeah, well, now that we're on this path with time travel and everything, and, but even before Endgame, they were doing time travel into the future. Oh, that's with, right. With Agents of Shield, I mean, Agents of Shield did the time travel thing before, uh, before MCU movies did, and yeah, but here, here I am. Okay, this is the path we're on. So now, that's pretty audacious for them to decide. Well, let's go ahead and just do time travel, and this is a whole different timeline. You know, like that's Star Trek audacious. Um, I yeah. and I I've said it before. I I feel like that one of the best things they did with it was creating that Kelvin timeline mm-hmm. because of the way that they did it, where it was still Spock's lifetime. You know, so Leonard Nimoy Spock, Prime Spock, is still living forward in his life, and so Kelvin timeline is still a part of that Spock's story. I've always said the Kelvin timeline is a reboot, a prequel, and a sequel. And I've always said it's a sequel. And that's kind of where I stick with it because of the linear way that well, it, it works. is definitely a sequel. Yeah, but I mean, it's absolutely a sequel. The prequel, it is, I guess, technically speaking, it's a prequel, but it's a prequel to the next movie that comes out, you know? And, yeah. uh, but you're right. Well, I mean, that- the way that they presented the story and the way that they created that story again they just had their cake and ate it too and alex kurtzman is in charge of everything star trek everything star trek over at cbs which there's so Go much star trek can you believe how much star trek there is right now 16 weeks in a row starting tomorrow unbelievable but we have an episode starting in 53 minutes. So anyway, let's go back to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jiang, she's dead. Is this... Yeah, Gordon's dead. Gordon's dead. Coulson's been dead like nine times by now. Okay. But that has nothing to do with the timeline. Gordon and Jiang. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I guess technically. No, it's just a... He's just living his life straightforward and... Getting life back straightforward. Um, I would love to see an, uh, a thing where we get to see him in Avengers, you know, that there's some yeah. cool possibilities there. I don't know if they'll go there. Again, there's audacious and then there's cheesy. And th- that could go either way if they were to do that. Um, but then it would allow Sousa to be that cop in New York, especially with his new leg. Time and tribulation. No. What's the name of that DS9 episode? Uh, Tribbles and Tribulations? No. Are you talking about the Tribbles one? Yeah. Yeah. Where they go back into Trouble Tribbles. Yeah. I think it's Tribbles and Tribulation, but that's another one where they get... What I like about that time travel episode is that you get to see everything from a different angle, and they don't change anything, really. Okay, Ben. Okay, Ben. Yeah. Here. I got my I got my tinfoil hat on. Okay. You're saying that the that the season finale is a two hour season finale, as in a feature 
length season finale as in about as much time as it would take to be having a feature. Okay. I think there's something there. I would be careful with your tin foil hat. Uh, first of all, because no one actually uses tin anymore. It's aluminum or aluminum. You don't tell me what to do. I'm just saying, man, it's not tin. It's, it's just fascinating <laughs> to me. It, it, no, it's just, this is something that just fascinates me. My kids call it tin foil. It has not been tin foil for two lifetimes. And they still, it's tin foil. You know, it's just so weird to me that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's aluminum it, foil. It, it's not a pet peeve. Like I know some people like irregardless of what some people think. Um, there <clears throat> Sorry, are certain just, words. I, I know <laughs> there are certain words that are, are, are pet peeves. Tin foil is one that just fascinates me because it's not. And yet we've, we've held on to it and it's just this cultural thing. I just find it fascinating. But anyway, uh, it's not two, it's not a two hour finale. It's a two episode night. They actually have two different episode titles. It's not like part one and part two. Um, mm. So it will probably not have credits in between them uh, like they've done before. But at the same time, well, this is one of those where it was, I think, intended to be over two evenings in two different weeks. And and instead, they're, they're putting it together. And when it gets released on like DVD or Blu-ray or streaming or whatever, it's going to have two different yeah. episodes. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. <laughs> But that is not to say that they couldn't do what you're talking about. It's just ah, there you go. And and let's be honest, the basis for that is I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Um, yeah the the actor that plays Souza. Yes. Yeah. Souza. He. It's. I mean, you're going to bring him back. It's perfect. Now. If they don't do it, I probably had a very good reason, but it's still perfect. It would still be a perfect thing. And I could see that being like a comic book thing. You Him know? being part of this show is is perfect right now anyway. Absolutely. You know, and like so that, this would I just be it. a little bit of icing if they actually had a story-based reason for him to be there, you know, and, and to, to well, be it's that also, guy. You know, full circle, right? Joss created Agents of Shield out of killing Coulson on the at the end in in Avengers in the Battle of New York or, or right? just before it. So yeah. to, right, but in Avengers, and so to uh -huh. have to bring it all the way around to have it end with something in Avengers that'd be pretty dope. Sorry, the nice. only thing that would be able to bring it around in an even maybe better way, but it's impossible to do. And story-wise, it wouldn't be accepted by anyone, even if they were able to find a good way to do it. The first scene of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is the other thing I've been thinking about. You were talking about the turn of John Garrett. Well, let's talk about the turn of Grant Ward. Because the first agent that we see in this show, in the first episode of this show, yeah. is Grant Ward. He's our guy that we are following into this show. He's the one who comes into the meeting and Coulson steps out of the shadows. He's the one who is, we think, square-jawed uh, hero, you know? And and instead, he's he's got the turn. He he was evil all along. And and Grant Ward was John, uh, John Garrett's mentee, you know? And it's, for its shock factor, 
it was great. You know, and when that moment happened where we saw him turn and, you know, kill a good guy, you know, like, great. You know, we realized he's beyond redemption, so to speak. They brought him back in the, uh, yeah, uh, the, uh, oh, the virtual world. Can't remember what it was called now, but yeah, they, they brought, brought him back, him back in, in the evil Hydra world. Yeah. And we're, we were able to see him play a hero, you know, and, and so, um, yeah. It just that was a great way to bring him back. At this point, they've brought him back a couple times, and um, they couldn't. In a different universe where Grant Ward was a good guy the whole way through, and maybe it was May who did the turn, um, we would end this show with Grant Ward in the final scene of this, yeah, the series, you know, something like that. But, um, yeah. and I love that kind of circular I feel thing. Like it's- but- I kind of feel like it started with Coulson. It needs to end with Coulson. You know? Oh, I, I agree. I agree. As far as what we have right now. But yeah. to go from that first scene to the last scene, that's important to me. Like, how do you how do you wrap things up? And I like it when you're able to play off of the the beginning, you know, with, with your yeah. ending. So one of my favorite lines in a well, one of my favorite lines in National Treasure is spoilers. It's only fourteen years old. As when he gets the the pipe at the end, and he's like, "Could it be this easy?" Yes, yes, it could be. That's what I love about it. <laughs> All right. So, what else is there to talk about in this episode? I feel like there's a lot um, that we probably have missed, but I think we've hit the. The high point. Two things I needed to talk about were the paradoxes. Okay. Both paradoxes. Killing of killing of what's his face and killing of Zhaying. Um, because <sighs> I don't know what that does to previous seasons of this show. I I I don't know. And the answer is you won't know until the end of the series. Yeah. And then maybe not even then. The good thing for me is so far. The previous seasons of the show have not been erased because they are experiences that the people that we're with have experienced. Right. Right. And so they may end up in a world at the end. In a world. In a world where nothing ever happened. Like what you've seen. <laughs> that that they might end up in a world in a where, world erased by Disney. <laughs> where all those things never happened in right. that world, but our characters have still experienced it. And that's why like, for me. You know, the whole Star Trek thing. Leonard Nimoy Spock was yes. able to he crossed paths with this other universe. And mm-hmm. Prime Universe still happened. It didn't mm-hmm. get erased. It it's still there. And we're gonna find out in Discovery what happened to it. Well, and that's the that's the thing is Back then, people were like, well, this is where the, the franchise is going, is these movies, you know? And and we're never going to see these other things again, except for in comic books and maybe in some novels. And instead, we got Picard, where we saw what oh, happened. Yes. And instead, we are getting, you know, we got Discovery, which is now kind of a spoiler, but sp- season three of Discovery is in the future of the prime timeline. Mm-hmm. And yes. way past Picard. And so that timeline did not go away. And so for me, if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. timeline got erased, it didn't get erased. We still had seven seasons of awesome things happening Mm -hmm. and pushing characters forward unless 
unless they go St. Elsewhere on us. And St. Elsewhere, the ending of St. Elsewhere was that there was a boy in the show who was the child of one of the characters, had autism, and the end of the show, he had created this fully fleshed world in his imagination. And so you see him and he's holding like this uh, snow globe and, and there's two characters sitting in the room, his parents, wondering what he's thinking about, you know, because he's nonverbal. And and then he drops the snow globe and he says, Rosebud. <laughs> um, but the, 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 the ending just completely flew in the face of the whole series. You know, it doesn't even thematically fit into the whole series. So I don't want that kind of an I, ending unless you can find a thematic way to do it where it's like, okay, this makes sense. In the, this is the kind of stories that we've been telling, but I just want our characters to be our characters. And I don't care what universe they're in right now. They started out in the MCU. Right. They started out in the MCU, no matter what, like that was clear. Whether or not they shifted off to the side in the interim, I can live with that. That's cool. Here's what I'm here's what I'm thankful for. And this is sort of like my final thoughts on the episode because it's, you know, we're still working through it. And at the end of the series, it may be worth a rewatch to go through all of everything. But they had the ability. First off, they knew they're writing to an end. They knew it. It's not like Firefly where they're like, oh, we're, we're done. We're done. We're done. Oh, OK. We're, I guess we're done. Um, they knew they were yeah. writing to an ending. And I'm not going to say my and, unpopular opinion about Firefly. So go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can, Ben. My unpopular opinion <laughs> I, about Firefly is that we got one fantastic season and a movie to cap it off and give us an ending. And that's good enough for me because we didn't have the opportunity to get into a third season that sucked. I won't deny that. So I won't deny that in the reality anyway, we live in. But, it's good enough. I'm, I'm yes. good. So anyway, Do, unpopular. It, 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 it definitely is. Keep them wanting more. I won't deny that. Okay. Yeah. The next thing is I, in my heart of hearts, I believe Kevin Feige has a role in these, <laughs> a bigger role in these in this season. Yeah, yeah. Keep in that heart head head scalp form tinfoil hat on there, man. You get just don't don't lose it, that hat, man. It, it, I won't. Uh, it's right there. It's perfect. It's fitting over my headphones at this point because I, it just feels like it's there. It may not be there, but it feels like they were allowed to be a little bit more experimental experimentation and do that fan service and feige is nothing if not a huge comic book fan and so a comic book movie fan even i he he was he was an intern on the original brian zinger x-men so he's been around and he knows these movies inside and out and so for him to this feels like like something he would have his hands in those are my two things okay and those are good things because we're in a good show and you wouldn't be able to say that about uh, other shows that are out there that just aren't great. And yeah, I'm not convinced that Kev dog is part of things, but you, when you well, said, when you said though, what you said about um, 
you know, we get to go to the ending, that they get to go to this ending. They, they have that opportunity. Like that's exciting. And they're taking us on a, a great ride. And I saw a review of this episode saying specifically that this is, um, they're just coasting right now. And, and I'm just like, wait, did you not see last episode? Like, okay, so this episode slowed things down a little bit and got a little bit into emotional stakes, brought out John Garrett, you know, and, um, but sure. Yeah. This episode hasn't been the best of the season, but you cannot say anything bad about this season unless it's just not connecting with you. But this season, man, we've had some fantastic episodes and some fun turnarounds and it's just been good. It's just been good. Kev dog or not, it's been experimental. And that's the other thing. I mean, you mentioned that and yeah, we are lucky. We get to have a show that gets to just throw it all out there and do all these, you know, do the time lose episode, do the, the noir episode, like all these things, man, how lucky are we? Like that we get to have the fun and show. So, right. And all of that tells me that we're still in the middle of it. Like we're still going to be in the middle of it until, you know, the very last second, very last minute of the last episode. Because the story is still being told until that very end, till the very, very end. And so am I predicting a surprise twist? No. I mean, we're still in the, the we're, we're coming around the last turn of our victory lap. We still haven't made it yet, though. We're still in the process of doing it. We've had so many surprise twists, though. That, yeah. I mean, will there be one? Probably. But if there's not, we've had a bunch. Like, there's no... We, yeah. can, we can complain. Don't get me wrong. We can complain. <laughs> I, I have shown that we can complain, you know? Uh, but at the same time, even as I'm complaining, I'm just really appreciating what we're getting. So let's look at some feedback here. Uh, this is feedback that's specifically for this episode, and this is from 084. And he says, I'm so stressed out. You really, you can't really go wrong with a well-prepared villain. And wow, is Nathaniel Malik prepared? He just oozes dislikability. Is that a word? And I'm just going to jump in here and say, my kids just look at him and say, if anyone grows a beard like that, you know, they're probably headed towards supervillainhood. Like his, his little uh, goatee thing. They just do not like it on him. And I think he's, well, he's just, from the mirror universe. Yeah. Hey, there we are. <laughs> um, He's perfect. Perfect casting for this Just guy you just don't like, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, back to 084. And you can't wait for him to get his comeuppance. Just the little taste of him momentarily being hurt by Jiaying was satisfying. And then watching him kill her for it was brutal. And with James Paxton doing a pretty decent impression of his late dad and having so much fun doing it, we're left with two incredibly unlikable guys getting the best of our team in nearly every way. And that's honestly where I want to be two weeks before the two-part finale. I'll take my sunshine and rainbows later on. Give me the despair now. And by the way... Absolutely, 084. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, James Paxton, by the way, studied those episodes that his father was in playing John Garrett. Um, studied them to try and get the the speech patterns and, and uh, body movements down and then make it younger, you know, but 
Backed away four, the rest of the episode impressed me considering the masterpiece that it had to follow. Daisy's first talk with Jaying gave me goosebumps knowing what was in the future. And hearing that future retold through the voice of an a-hole later on wasn't just exposition to me. It was a twist of the knife. Guys, I'm really excited to hopefully watch this guy die. (laughs) That'll be all for me this week. I'll just be sitting here wondering why Coulson could instantly remember random bits of history from S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy, but not what John Garrett looked like when they were S.H.I.E.L.D. recruits. I'm pretty sure they were both trained together by Nick Fury. It'll take a little bit of time to headcanon my way around that. Until next time. And that was from Agent 084. Uh, let's go to Agent Dylan. Agent Dylan. Agents, I'm disappointed you didn't catch my Voyager reference in my last correspondence. <laughs> Come on. Parallax? Okay. I'm sorry, Agent Dylan. Here's my Star Trek card. <laughs> anyway, one thing I forgot to mention is that it seems like they're doing a bit of a Dark Phoenix kind of thing with Korra. We shall see how this develops. Do you think maybe there might be the tiniest sliver of hope that they'll be able to save Jaying? Just take her to Calvin Zabo. I mean, they had Garrett say best day ever in the post credits that served little purpose since I felt it was pretty obvious why they were taking Simmons. Simmons. Speaking of Garrett, I got to say I called it pretty early on. At first, I thought he looked extremely familiar because he's Bill Paxton's son. Then Nathaniel mentioned the accident he would be in in seven years, and that's when it hit me. Of course, the time stream allowed him to be a bit clairvoyant. (laughs) But wow, James Paxton was just perfect. He nailed the role. That evil grin, the hair, the woo, all amazing. His father would be proud. And now I'm starting to wonder if we'll see someone else this season. Hint, MCU Wiki lists his birth year as 1983, the same year we're in. Side note, was anybody else totally shipping Garrett Nathaniel? Also, feeling some hints that Deke might stay in the 80s. I'm not liking it. Or I'm liking it. Not going to lie. I'd be down for a Deke Squad spinoff and also Agents of Sword. It's where he... (laughs) Are you ready? Here we go. It's where he fits. (laughs) Agent Dylan signing off. A little delayed reaction. Um, Did he spell it with a Z? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, he's, he's... Capital F, yeah. Okay. Agent Dylan signing off. Hashtag trip lives. Hashtag alternate timeline Jiang lives. Hashtag, here it is. This is the one he's waiting for. Baby Ward. And just one more. Say it with me. This has got to be the best hashtag ever. Okay. Are you ready for it? Hashtag. I am. Do it. Okay. Hashtag with my son. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm doing? I'm doing something we haven't done in Agent a long Dylan, time. Agent I love you. I'm... Agent Dylan, I know you've gotten these before, but uh, I'm doing it right now. You ready? Here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. The new prize winner of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done one of those in a while, but I mean. Oh, that was so satisfying. Yeah. I mean, you, Thank you, you, ben. you pulled in. You pulled in all the, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. history here. You pulled in a little bit of Welcome to Level 7 history. Pulled them together in a way that I never even yeah, thought of. He... With my son. It, Agent Dylan, it, I, I, you, mm, that was definitely worthy of you. Yeah. Definitely. 
Yeah. Thanks, man. Hey, we got some recorded uh, feedback as well. So let's see if I can get these out here and uh, let's see if we can play them in the right order. Hey, y'all. Agent Coco here. Hope you're doing really, really well. Calm the check in. I know it's been a minute since I've called. I wasn't a huge fan of that Deke and Mac episode. It really felt like filler to me. And I didn't like all the weird bloody stuff. And I'm not a big fan of Deke, although I really, really love Mac. I'm not a big fan of Deke, and I know that's an unpopular opinion, but his behavior and sometimes lack of integrity that he shows kind of bothers me a little bit, even though I know he means well and so forth. Um, I enjoyed the episode with Yo-Yo and May. I really love seeing Yo-Yo's backstory. I'm so glad she had her powers back. I kind of knew it was going to be a mental thing and not something connected to the Shrike, thank God. The thing I didn't like about that episode is Cora, Chaying's daughter, being so easily swayed by Malik. Like, all of a sudden you're working with this random dude that just shows up out of nowhere and you're going to be like his partner, his cohort in crime and turn your back on your whole family and your whole tribe. Wasn't feeling that, not feeling Cora at all. Um, I feel like they kind of rushed that or didn't really give us a good reason as to why she would be into him so easily. Um, and I also just find that strange <laughs> um, that Mal just shows up here. But I guess Sybil is the one who told him to be there and I guess he's okay from an entire building collapsing on him and now he knows how to use his powers, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I I didn't like that part, but I like seeing Jaying again. And yeah, I'm gonna call back so that I can talk about the next episode, um, which was the last one for last week. Okay, bye. So a little bit around the horn there, um, kind of going back into the, those episodes. But, uh, you know, this is why we like having feedback is because we can get opinions that aren't ours. And, yeah, I like to spread the, the opinion wealth, I guess. But because um, I like Deke, but I didn't. But now I do. I don't know if I should anymore, but... <laughs> He's just—he's definitely an up and down character. I mean, they—they they use him for a lot of different things, and so it, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where he finally lands. I think in the next episode, we're going to start peeling away ancillary characters, and find at the end, it's just going to be you know whoever was originally there, which is Coulson, May, Daisy, Fitzsimmons, maybe, yeah, and Daisy. We haven't even talked about Fitz and Simmons this whole episode. And that's just because. It's, What's to say? Yeah. Let's be honest. What's to say that we haven't already said? Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Hashtag uh, So let's get into this next message then from Agent Coco. Hey, y'all. Hey, it's Agent Coco calling back again. I just wanted to affect the call for this last episode because I know I'm going to say a lot of things. It was so good. <laughs> oh, my God. 
It was so good. It shook me up how good it was. Uh, Elizabeth Henstridge, who plays Gemma, she directed it. She did an amazing job. I think that's what they called a bottle episode because it was all in one place. Is that what they call that? I don't know if I'm using that terminology correctly, but either way. Ooh, let's get into it. Daisy and Colson's relationship, that father-daughter relationship being explored was amazing. Um, Daisy doing the things I love about her, which is like being really smart, being really passionate, being really thoughtful, being really detailed, being aggressive, but thoughtfully aggressive, um, you know, and just using logic and common sense and her powers and her detective skills. So good. I mean, it really shook me up. It was really emotional. I started crying as soon as Gemma collapsed because I was like, oh, my God, are they going to kill Gemma in this episode? Please no. Because I keep thinking that somebody's going to die before the season ends. I'm sad that we haven't seen Fitz yet. I don't know what's going on with him. But when they pulled that implant out of Jenna's neck and she started freaking out, I feel like that has something to do with Fitz. Enoch, rest in peace, Enoch, the greatest, that I was full out bawling. Like, the stuff he was saying was so deep and so beautiful and so powerful about life and death and loneliness and teamwork and friendship. And they're just letting us know, like, that this is about to be over, y'all, and it's okay. God, it was so good. Um... Daisy kissing Sosa was super, super cute. I still am on the fence about that relationship, but I kind of understand why he's into her. And, yeah, it was just an excellent episode. It was really, really well done, really well acted, really well thought out. And I guess we're going to get a Gemma and Deke episode next because it seems like each episode is like a duo of characters like a focus on their connection like yo-yo and may's connection is their aggression and their fighting and you know not one deal with their emotions so i guess we'll get something with like gemma and deke or hopefully gemma and Fitz. either way um hope you guys are doing well and thank you we are doing well <laughs> we appreciate it another just uh, rave review for that episode uh, before after because I mean it's just so good <laughs> it's just so good I wonder if she doesn't get an Emmy nomination if she doesn't get an Emmy nomination that you know they're, poli- they're that's political but that definitely sets her into the echelon of TV actors who have gone on to direct. I'm thinking of Jonathan Frakes. I'm yeah, thinking yeah. Of Amanda Tapping, Agent Samantha Carter, not Agent Samantha Carter, Colonel Samantha Colonel Carter. Smith, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, everything she said, uh, yeah. just, yeah, lovely. Uh, and for Enoch. And I'm so glad we get feedback. It's so nice to get feedback. So here's a, another voice from the past that we haven't heard in a little while. It's not Daniel. Um, oh. <laughs> I didn't want, I realized as soon as I said that, I was going to get your hopes up. But here he is. 
<laughs> hey guys, this is Agent Jeffrey calling in from Missouri. It's been a long time since I called and left a message. I keep forgetting to call or send feedback. It's crazy busy for me right now. But anyway, I was just calling to say that that last episode was one of the best episodes I've ever seen. It had great humor. It had great heart. That scene between uh, Colson and Daisy was one of the best, like, heartfelt moments on the show I've ever seen. And it also had that same conversation or similar conversation with Enoch and Daisy and Colson that was fabulous. Uh, the structure was, the show was structured great, paced great, had a lot of great tension, had a lot of great jokes. Anyway, it was the best episode for me so far this season and one of the best episodes. It was, it's going to go up there all time for me on great episodes of Agent Shield. Anyway, thanks for doing what you do. Keep on keeping on and you guys have a great day. Talk to you later. Yet more high praise. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. I mean, Let's be honest, though, it was it gets high praise because it deserved it. So, yeah. Yeah. So we got another message from Agent Jeffrey. Hey, guys, this is Agent Jeffrey calling in from Missouri. Just wanted to go over this last episode, Stolen. I know it's been a while since I called in. I called in last week a little late. That uh, <laughs> voicemail was a mess. Anyway, some of the stuff that I absolutely loved. I loved Bill Paxton's son playing young Garrett. He had the same sort of slimy smile reminded me a lot of chet from weird science um i also love that roxy and the deke squad are finally getting a chance to actually be in shield um something that i liked about this episode was that i was not expecting gi gi ying to die um when that happened i audibly exclaimed wait what just happened um i also am really turning a corner on um susan and daisy they've got some great chemistry um better than daisy's had with anybody else at least on the show and um remember that time that may and ward hooked up yeah that was a long time ago anyway there are some things about this episode i also thought were goofy or didn't care for one uh mr lee's inhuman power is basically that he can summon a gas station knife um i think that is (laughs) just one of the dumbest knives i've ever seen another thing um at the end of the episode when um when Malik and Daisy were facing off and May fired her weapon at uh, Malik, Daisy was downrange. That is bad gun safety. Like, it's, that is like 101 level bad, like, gun handling. Um, another thing that I thought was really stupid was Gordon's last words were, you're hilarious. Give a guy a little bit of dignity. Um, anyway, I have some questions after this episode as we're approaching three more episodes after this. Um, where is Fitz? Hopefully he'll be there next week. It seems like it. If they tease us one more time, they'd better pay off. And also, are is most of the squad still at Afterlife? And if so, who's got the time stream? Also, who has the Whitehall machine? And what happened to that guy in that dumb white coat? Anyway, have a great day. Keep it up. Talk to you later. Bye. So, Jeffrey, you brought the up some stuff coat. we didn't talk about. <laughs> We uh, actually, uh, Samantha was wondering if that lab coat came from uh, Dr. Horrible or not. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're going to have answers to those questions in about 18 minutes for me. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah. So, first of all, Bill Paxton was in Weird Science. Yeah. He was the older I brother, didn't know right? That. Yeah. Chet Donnelly. Yeah. Yeah. But guess who was. Guess who else was in Weird Science? I, I don't know. There's a lot of people. 
Robert Downey Jr. No. Iron Man himself. Really? Ian. Yeah. Huh. It's been about 10,000 years since I've seen that movie. Could give you such a crick of the neck. But uh, so I don't I mean, I have no idea who this person is. All I'm doing is looking at IMDb. But that means that weird science is in the MCU. Uh, yeah, that's not how it works. But uh, OK. <laughs> so, uh, no, here's here's what it does mean is there's there's an interesting connection there. And um, and actually, I'm actually glad we uh, did this feedback here because, I mean, we're kind of blasting through things and, and t- we've talked about a lot of different things. But Jeffrey just brought up a bunch of points we didn't talk about mm-hmm. that uh, uh, like Deke Squad lady who is actually in S.H.I.E.L.D. And we're actually got to see some S.H.I.E.L.D. going on, you know, like that. That was good stuff. That was good. That's good. Yeah, I liked that. I like to see that no matter where we are in the timeline, things still seem to be, you know, pretty much the same. We're always going to have shield. We're always going to have shield members, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's secret shield or not. So, hey, I've got one more message to play and then we are going to close this episode down because it's almost time to watch the show. Um, But yeah, here's here's our final bit of feedback. Hey guys, Agent Smithers here. Uh, another great episode in, I think, what might be the greatest season, other than the one issue I had, which I think they're going to clear up next episode, we're going to see Fitz, right? 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 We're going to see Fitz. Like, we have to see Fitz next episode, right? Like, they're not going to just wait till the last week of the show. We're going to see Fitz, right? Okay. Sorry. Just calmly having a panic attack over here. Uh, love you guys. Hope to hear your thoughts very soon on this episode. Thanks. We're totally going to see Fitz next episode, dude. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I know. We'll find out in about 12 minutes for me. But um, <laughs> I just, uh, you know, again, we didn't talk about Fitz at all this episode of the podcast other than to say, say we didn't talk about Fitz, you know. Um, Great. Uh, yeah. And then I feel I do feel bad that... <laughs> Uh, Agent Smithers said, uh, yeah, I hope to hear what you have to say soon. Yeah, it wasn't soon, but, um, Hey, we'll He'll still hear what we have to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just not soon. You know, just not soon. Uh, that's Don't our episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And, um, you know, normally we have a, a planned ending where we are going to say something very, very specific, uh, to the episode. And that's my plan with this one. But um, it may not be specific to the actual dialogue of this episode, because really what I want to say is this. Stuart, thanks for joining me. And I want to say to you listeners, thank you for joining us. And I just want to say just a great big giant thank you with my gun. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55-LEVEL-7. 
You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember, the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is the light fantastic by JS Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Yay! <clears throat> hey, let's talk a little bit. We got we got 10 minutes. 10 minutes right. to talk a little so- bit about Red Dwarf which uh had a movie come out uh on prime yeah uh well yeah it was it was a movie that was broadcast on tv in england it wasn't meant for theatrical release but it was a movie length tv show with laugh track by the way um or potentially not laugh track it could have been some of their episodes they filmed it and then played it with a studio audience and the, the laugh track actually came from people laughing at the episode but not laughing live um, so I, this was not filmed live, I'm pretty sure, but that is, it was a live sitcom for, for a number of seasons. So yeah, love this show. It's a comedy sci-fi show. I mentioned it. And then next thing I know you're watching it and Stuart, I'm thinking to myself, wow, I've got another red dwarf fan on my hands here. I didn't even know. And then I find out you've never seen an episode in your life. I've never seen an episode of red dwarf. Never. Not that I've been opposed to it, but you know, it's, uh, it takes a little time and work and effort to, it's not like we're just sitting there, you know, Saturday afternoon being like flipping through the four channels that we've got on, you know, the TV. I just never seen Red Door. Right. Right. Which it had been said, my, my exposure to it was actually on PBS. Like they did play this show on PBS, but you watch this movie, which is possibly the swan song of the series. And you'd never seen it before. What'd you, I enjoyed what'd you it. think? I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Uh, it, of course it was funny, but it was funny in the way that, you know, British humor is funny. And I've been watching a lot of British humor because I subscribe to BritBox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because it's got all the Doctor Who on it. Yeah, and I'll... this and Doctor Who, if not, are, if not closely connected are definitely in the same vein, right? They're both, uh, British sci-fi, you know, Doctor Who maybe is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more dramatic. This is definitely a little bit more funny, slapsticky. Um, but you know, now I have, uh, thanks to BritBox, a little bit more stuff to watch. Yeah, well, in my free time, Doctor Who and this are connected. I think by way of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know, where Doctor Who doesn't take itself too seriously hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy no. is doctor who-esque i mean douglas adams actually worked mm-hmm. on doctor who um but it's straight up comedy and then this is yeah kind of jumping on those coattails uh and it's it's yeah it tells a story of a guy who got in trouble for bringing cat a cat onto his uh, spaceship he wasn't supposed to do that and so he gets put in suspended animation and then a week later, the, everyone on the ship dies, and he's in suspended animation for three million years, and he's the last human in the universe. And so this movie is um, kind of following what happens when uh, the 
evolved descendants of that cat that he saved um, come to life. Uh, not, I shouldn't say come to life, come back into his life. And uh, there's some funny stuff that comes out of that. But the the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. connection is the conversation. I thought it was so interesting. I'm watching this show, this movie. Oh, yeah. And then they're having this conversation that is the same kind of conversation we were having about Coulson and the same kind of thing that uh-huh. Coulson is dealing with where he's talking about being ones and zeros and that kind of thing. There's a character on this show who is a hologram that was brought back to life in holographic form to be a uh, companion to Lister, who's the last man alive. And he's brought back to life because everyone has a digital imprint of them, of their personality for this purpose, to be made into a hologram. And he, in this episode, is asking those same kind of questions where he's like, dude, am I even alive? You know, and, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions about free will and do I even have free will, which, I mean, that's where you get the sci-fi questioning. The, the cool thing about Red Dwarf is that it gets into the sci-fi tropes, asks the sci-fi questions, but does it with a lot of irreverent hum- humor as well. Right. And, and so you have that thing going on here where um, Kat, who is one of the characters from the show, a main character, is saying things like, you're not thinking – you just think you're thinking because the program you have makes you think that you're thinking. I think you know right. it's just that kind of thing, yeah. and um, I just love that it was getting into the same ideas. Does it? Does the the rest of the show series does it um, tackle same the same things in in yeah. similar ways? I guess this is more a question of is the writing is this a typical example of the writing of the of the show? Yes, it's the best that i've seen of their most recent stuff they the show started in 89 and went for four or five seasons um kind of straight straight ahead and then did a couple seasons after a long break and the creators the co-creators of the show also had a breakup and so this is just one of the co-creators um who's continued on with the show and and he did uh, – they did a three-episode revival series and then they did two seasons, uh, two eight- or ten-episode seasons and then this, which is basically the length of three or four episodes. Um, right. But this is – And you can kind of tell where the episode breaks are. Yeah, yeah. This is the best of the most recent stuff by, by far. The last two seasons were pretty good. Um, season seven and season eight are not my favorite uh, and that's kind of when uh, Naylor is on his own with it. And I'm just uh, never really connected with me. It's not my favorite when I'm doing a rewatch to watch them because they're there, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But this is rem- reminiscent of some of the best stuff in like season two and three and four. And But they get into time travel. They get into virtual reality. They get into um, alternate universes. And and they just do fun stuff with um, you know um, artificial intelligence um, and you, you, there's the, Rimmer the holographic character meets like an, another universe version of him it's like the opposite of the mirror universe kind of thing because this guy is like the most heroic person ever <laughs> you know and so it's just like this idea of you know what if you met yourself from another universe and he's the best version of you like what do you do with that when you know there's a better version of you out there who's made the all the right choices and done all the right things and had all the breaks you know and 
So it's just it's just fun. Um, but this 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 movie uh, when they were exploring you know free will and um, it just it was fun and then just ironic I think a little bit that oh hey we were just talking about this on Agents of Shield. Yeah, I I really appreciated how they addressed religion. Um, where especially the girls like, you gave me my voice back, and the guy's like, did I? And then she can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I guess I did. And then she can. So it was, he was, you know, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. It's that sort of thing, and they're they're dissecting it, turning it around, and looking at it different ways. And I thought that was really interesting. That's a, that's one of the biggest things I I attach to. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and. And then there's just some, you know, there's definitely social commentary going on with that. But you have the evolved civilization of cats that are cat people. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> you know, just like what does yeah. this look like? They're, they, their doors are pet doors, you know, that, that flap right. open, you know, like you would have in your your uh, front door in your house. Um, and like they distract them with the with the with oh the light, my goodness, the laser that, light. That was hilarious. And then you have Chekhov's yeah. laser light, you know. So anyway, it yeah. just uh, – if you are a fan of Red Dwarf, watch this movie if you haven't already because this is – And just, if you're not a fan of Red – if you've never seen any Red Dwarf, there's there's new stuff to watch apparently. I can't believe <laughs> that you enjoyed it as much as you did because I just had no way of knowing if someone who hadn't seen it before would, would get into it. Um, but this is – you know, you talk about – ending with referencing to the beginning of your thing this is the logical conclusion in some ways of what happened in the very first episode where he had his cat and it really is kind of set up for just the different characters that are going to be on the ship with him because it's him and it's uh Crichton the android it's cat the mm-hmm. cat person who is a descendant of Frankenstein the cat that he brought on board and when he brought the cat on board, it was pregnant. And so um, it was having kittens already. And then those kittens just were living on this ship for three million years. And <laughs> the kittens aren't, I should say. The descendants of those kittens are. Right. Um, and then and then you have the holographic Rimmer. And, um, but the, this is them just playing off of this thing that got set up almost as a gag in some ways just to get the character of this evolved cat – who, when I caught five minutes of this on PBS when I was dating my wife, so 24 or five years ago, I thought it was a space vampire because he had pointy teeth, you know. And, and I was just like, what is this TV show about a spaceship with a vampire on it? And I turned it off pretty quickly. And you're like, I must continue to watch it. No, no, I was not. I I turned it off. We were we were babysitting. And uh, so I can't remember if I turned it off because I wasn't interested or if I was turned it off because the parents had gotten home and we needed to leave and go back to our, our dorms. But um, – yeah, it was just random five minutes, and then years later, I saw it in the library, and I was like, "This looks cool," and and got it, and I was able to follow the last few seasons. I, um, season seven and eight, I think it was maybe it was six, seven, and eight, um, but I was able to kind of follow along in real time with with the the later seasons with it. So yeah, I didn't catch it all like after it was all done, but yeah, you've got well. I- a lot of episodes that um, are short, easy to digest, yeah. and fun. So yeah, that's and that's what that's what I like. So three minutes left of the episode. Yeah, yeah. You want to say goodbye? Yep, time to say goodbye. So see ya. Thanks, man. Talk to you later.
Have a good one.